Thank you, and thank you for the opportunity that I had to be here today. I was told to keep this under 55 minutes. I can do that. That's harder than books. Do what? That's harder than books. That's 10 minutes more than 40. Uh, it's all in fun. I want to tell you something, brother. Brother Larry Riddle told back in May, and I thought about the day that blessed me. He told he's, he used to be the bass singer of Primitive Quartet. We're good friends with him. He told us he told a true story about this man that was uh, that drove a gas truck for a living. He, he delivered gasoline to supermarkets and convenience stores. This man was driving this gas truck. He lived in Mississippi, and he, he got under conviction going down the road. He got in such a shape that he crawled under the gas truck to pray. Well, the Lord saved him there on that gas truck. I'm glad God's not limited to a building. And uh, he got home to, uh, and he went to a dog, his dog pen. He'd been so mean to the dogs that they wouldn't come up to him. They just backed away from him. And he pled with them and said, I'm not the same person I used to be. You're looking at a completely different person. And he said, the dogs come and look him on the face. And then he started looking them on the face. Ain't that, ain't that something? Salvation changes a person, don't it? And it was a blessing. I can't tell it the way he did, but it, it is a, a blessing. So being saved a blessing. It's a blessing to be here today. blessing for all of you to be here. We're closing out the year 2023. I agree with what our pastor said about uh, uh, supporting Wednesday night Bible study. Hosea 4 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And we need more knowledge by study. Uh, the Sunday night service, uh, we need to support it. We're usually here, unless I'm sick or somewhere else. And uh, I'll go along with the potluck meal. Brother Danny Robinson will too, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I knew he would. I want to read some scripture today that you've heard many times. John chapter 14, beginning with verse 1. I invite your attention to the reading of God's Word. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. <coughs> Excuse me. Jesus is talking here to his disciples as he's preparing to go away. He starts talking to his church here in verse 2 about the Father's house. Now, we're all going to go to heaven that have been born again if we're saved, we're all going to heaven when we leave this world. But I believe that the Lord went away to prepare a special place for this church. Amen. And you do too. And that's what He's talking about here. He's went to prepare a special place. And I believe the church, other than the home, are both of divine institutions. And God has appointed both of them. 
And I hope I can persuade maybe somebody here today, if you're not a member of the Lord's church, you need to be if you've been born again. Amen. I believe that, that baptism is essential to pleasing God. I didn't say baptism is essential to go to heaven. But we find this institution, and he talked about this the other Sunday. We find, I believe it was organized in the 6th chapter of the book of Luke, verse 12 through 17, where Jesus uh, uh, appointed his disciples. And you can read all that for the sake of time. I, I won't do that today. We find he names those disciples and names them apostles and that they're set in that organization, that church. Now we believe that these, these men were baptized by John the Baptist, don't we? Amen. He was the only person at that time that had the authority to baptize people. So Jesus took them and organized this institution known as a church. What is a church? And I hear different people use different uh, things about that. The church is a local, visible body of baptized believers that have coveted themselves together for the purpose of honoring and worshiping God. I believe it's visible. I have friends that believe the church is invisible. I have friends that believe that people get saved and they're in this big, invisible church all around the world. The Bible doesn't teach that. They believe baptism is simply an answer to a good conscience and 1 Peter chapter 3 tells us that. But we believe baptism is entrance into the Lord's church, don't we? Amen. And we believe it ought to be done a certain way, and I'll tell more about that. In John 3, 29, the statement's made, He that hath the bride is the bridegroom. Jesus has a bride, which is His church. Amen. Now, let's look further at some Scripture, if I can get over there to it. In the uh, book of Revelation... We find that uh, the church has been in the world for uh, all this uh, period of time. We find it tells us in Revelation chapter 17 where John is writing there about a woman that is riding on a scarlet beast. And again, I'm not going to read all the uh, 1920 verses of that. But he said... So he carried me away in the spirit in the wilderness, and I saw a woman set upon a scarlet-colored beast full of names of blasphemy, having seven hens and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornications. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and the abominations. Of the earth, and I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. The Lord has a bride, and we correlate that to uh, what we know as a wedding. And when a woman's dressed in a uh, excuse me, and when a woman's dressed in a in a uh, wedding dress that is that is white, this this woman on this beast represents the apostate church. It is a church that is not a church. You understand me? This organization that we know the Lord's church, Jesus started there on that mountain, has perpetuated itself all the way down through time. And we find this other organization and many after it were started in 252 A.D. according to history. And the first hope of this organization was appointed in 606 A.D. 
Among the heresies that have been perpetuated in the world are infant baptism. That, that, that babies are baptized without repentance and faith ever coming to that knowledge into an organization. But so much for all that, we find that the Lord's church that He set up on this earth has through the ages of time proclaimed repentance and faith in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And that's how you get saved. I do believe that if a person is going to be able to <coughs> serve God effectively, they need to be a member of the Lord's church. Amen. We haven't done a good job in my lifetime, perhaps, of teaching fundamentals of some things we believe. Yeah. And that bothers me, Brother Benny, yeah. that we haven't done that. I think of fundamentals. I thought this morning, Brother Gary Carter, and I love Brother Gary Carter. He was, and is a good basketball coach, and I watched his girls' teams. He taught fundamentals and it showed on the court. We need to teach our people, our young people, the fundamentals of what we believe because I hear ever so often some of our young people, maybe not of this church, that go off to a school of higher learning and I'm not opposed to that and they get twisted and turned around by some professor or some atheist and then they deviate from the truth that they should have been taught to start with. Now, we need, we need to understand that salvation is totally and wholly but grace. I thought about this after we, we had a discussion Wednesday night. I thought about this. You wouldn't even know you were lost if it wasn't for God reaching out by His Spirit, would you? Amen. You wouldn't know it. You wouldn't know that you were lost. But God, by His mercy and grace, reached out to us, let us know we're lost, and then that same Spirit let us know we're saved. So we find that uh, this organization that I've talked about, the Lafayette Church is one of these organizations. And, and I admonish people why you have the time and opportunity that the things you need to do are to get saved and the next thing you need to do is become a member of the Lord's church. Well, I can serve the Lord just as well out. You can't do no such thing. That's just a lie from the depths of hell. But we find he, had, he, he has this this, this, uh, this church I'm talking about, and I'll tell you exactly what I believe that the New Testament preaches, uh, teaches. One day after a while, he's going to present it unto himself, a glorious church, and I want to read, read that. I was studying about that early this morning, if I can find that. It talks about the wife and the husband, but I'm not dwelling on that. For the husband is head of the wife, even as Christ, the head of the church, and he's the Savior of the body. Who's the boss of this church? And I love you, brethren, the deacons. I respect you and our pastor. But they're not the bosses of the church. The Lord Jesus is. He's the only one that this church is responsible to. We have associations and we have other advisory bodies, but they're not our boss. The Lord Jesus is. Therefore, if the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be their own husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for it. Now look here, here's this verse. That He might sanctify, that word scares us to death. The word sanctify simply means to set apart. And we should be set apart from the world. That He might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water. How? By the Word. By the Word of God. John 17, 17 tells us, Sanctify them through Thy truth. Thy Word is truth. Then, boy, I like this one right here. That he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, 
but it could be holy without blemish. Right now, it's not holy without blemish because it's got people like Randy in it that, that, that are human and, and, and make mistakes. But one day after a while, and don't misunderstand this subject this morning. My wife and I was talking about this last night. One day after a while, he's going to clean it up and present it to himself a glorious church. Amen. You said everybody that gets saved goes to heaven. I believe that. I use the term an elite group. I believe there's going to be an elite group. And what I'm talking about is that New Jerusalem because I believe he went to prepare a city for the church to live in. The New Jerusalem. Now, according to what the Bible teaches, I believe the saved will have access in and out of this city. But he's went to prepare a special place for this church. And we ought to have a desire to want to be a part of this elite group. Now, the question, the question may come up, uh, uh, can we know that we're in that elite group? And I don't think, I, I don't think we can know that. I, some of my brethren think you can. We need to strive to follow the Lord in baptism and then to, to do the very best we can while we live here to live uh, a good life. And I, and, and I hope and pray one day that everybody that gets baptized and th that, that, that meets those uh, conditions will be that elite group one day. But don't go away and say, I said, if you're not in that elite group, you'll die and go to hell. I don't believe that. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom. I believe personally the marriage supper of the Lamb, and you can read about that in the Scriptures, is going to be a literal event. Now, some of my brethren don't think so. As Brother Rodney Carter told me a few days ago, you have the right to be wrong if that's what you want to do. So I believe we can know we were saved and I think we ought to follow the Lord in all that we try to do. We believe baptism, as I've said, is entrance to the Lord's church. And to my knowledge, we have three proper administrators here today. Brother Maggard, our pastor, Brother Benji, and Brother Roger Holland. What do you mean by proper administrator? And the view has been taken by some of our people, uh, even this year, that the administrator and the church itself have got to be both 100% perfect. And if it has to be that way, we might as well go home. Amen. The authority, Brother Joe, is in the church, not the administrator. Amen. History will bear that out. Yeah. History will bear out that it takes a... Uh, the pro and, and uh, we can look, and I won't go into depth on that, on the organization of Dixon Creek Church, I believe March 1800, of, uh, uh, of, of, of an irregularity that happened there. And the prudent brethren of that day solved that problem by taking the view they have ever since then, the authorities in the church, not the administrator. Amen. Now, that doesn't mean you need to go out and authorize somebody like me because I haven't met those qualifications and come under the hands of an ordination. So we don't need to do something like that. Baptism is to be done, and I've talked about this a lot, but I think it ought to be stressed. I believe baptism ought to be done the way the Bible prescribes and the way we do it. We believe that it takes a proper candidate to be baptized, don't we? Right. Somebody that has repented and believed and given evidence of being saved. Amen. That's why we ask for testimony. We believe, as I've already said, that it takes a proper administrator. I've named three here today. There may be somebody else I don't know about. A proper administrator to authorize this, uh, to, to do this, I'm sorry. 
We believe it takes a proper mode. And I don't care if you do it down Cozy Driver Creek or across, the, across to the creek over in Allen County or over to the baptistry. As long as there's enough water there, it's the right kind of baptism if it's immersion. We reject any mode but immersion. Any mode. Proper, when you've got all those attributes there, you've got the right kind of baptism. The proper authority would be the local church. And I, I've referred many times uh, to the church and the authority it has when we go back to the commission in Matthew 28, 18, 19, and 20. Jesus said the 11 disciples had been appointed to a mountain where He appointed them. And He said, All power is given unto Me in heaven and in earth. Now, all power is in Christ and He has delegated that authority to the local church body. Amen. Go ye therefore. This is the commission. It's a worldwide commission. Because up to that point, they had been limited to the commission of the Jews, so to speak, at that point. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. What's that mean? Go get them saved. How do we get people saved? By the preaching of the gospel and the Holy Spirit of God touching the hearts of men, women, boys, and girls. And I believe they must make a choice whether to seek after God or turn Him off. You make disciples. Then you baptize them. And we've told about that. And the third phase of the commission that I don't think we've done a real good job on in my lifetime is teaching them to observe all things. People don't know. People just don't. I don't know everything. I've tried to study. I don't know everything. I have fun, not every week. And I've had fun with uh, 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 our pastor about this. And one or two people tell me, boy, I tell you what, he preached one of the best messages I've heard last week. Oh, he did. What was it about? I don't know. What was the subject? I don't know. Was it out of the Old Testament? I don't know. We need to know what we believe, don't we? It's important to know what we believe. I appreciate that, that, that I have been taught and you've been taught many things that I believe are very, very important. We're going to be challenged as time goes on of the things we believe. Did you know that? We're going to be challenged about that by the things and people of the world. But this, but this organization I'm talking about is very, very precious, isn't it? It's very precious. And I would encourage everyone, if the Lord has saved you, you need to be a member of the Lord's church. I believe in the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God. I most certainly do. I also believe there's a commandment there too, don't you? That commandment is, is to uh, follow the Lord in baptism. The church has two ordinances, don't it? What are they? Baptism, the Lord's Supper. We believe that baptism is a prerequisite to the Lord's Supper, don't we? We don't believe people should take the Lord's Supper unless they're a member of a local independent body. So, so baptism, and, and we could talk further about that, but I won't for the sake of being reasonable today, but baptism is not literal. Baptism is symbolic. Because what he does, or any of you other brethren does, when they baptize somebody by the authority of the local church, is baptize them into the local body in reference to the death of Jesus Christ. Amen. It's not literal. We believe, another thing we believe that you need to know about, is that baptism and the Lord's Supper are symbolic ordinances. Amen. When we take the Lord's Supper here, either the first Sunday in May or the first Sunday in November, we're not literally 
eating and drinking the blood and body of Jesus. You say, that's, that's the thing I've heard of. Do you know some people believe that? And they practice that, don't they, Brother Benny? They practice that. There's another group that I've talked about that believe baptism is literal, that people are literally baptized into Jesus Christ, but they believe the Lord's Supper is symbolic. We believe both of them are symbols. As I've said before, when you go up here to Pat Parker Field or anywhere else on Friday night, that's not a real tiger in that suit, is it? It certainly is not. What is it? It's a symbol of the school mascot. When we baptize people according to what the Bible says, and I want to turn to something if I can think. 1 Peter 3, and I'm not going to quote that. I think I could. When we baptize people according to what the Bible says, does it make them children of God? No, it makes manifest to the world that they have died to sin and been raised to walk in newness of life. Yeah. And when people don't do that, and sometimes people don't do that, it makes baptism a bare faced lie is what it does. Right. He says in Romans chapter 6, verse 3, Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into His death? Remember, it were baptized in reference to His death. Therefore, we are buried with Him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in units of life. As Carlos Smith used to say, and y'all have heard him say, when he got saved, he changed his want tos. For if we've been planted together in the likeness, it's a likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. So I'm expecting one day to have a body just like Jesus, aren't you? That there's, there are two or three things that have been predetermined beforehand. One of them is that we're predestinated to be conformed to the image of His Son. That means we'll have a body just like, excuse me, Jesus Christ one day after a while. So, these things are important. And as I've said today, those of you that, uh, that maybe are here and, you, and you've never uh, uh, followed the Lord in baptism, it ought to be the first thing you ought to do. Amen. It ought to be the next thing you ought to do. We don't know about tomorrow. We don't know uh, about what's going to happen tomorrow. Sometimes we live our lives like we do. But we don't know, do we? Are you saved today? Are you born again today? you got no business following the Lord in baptism if you're not. But then can't you come and give invitation for members? In the way that this church receives members, and he'll go into that. If you're here today, and you know you've been born again, you need to follow the Lord in baptism. I don't believe you have to wait for the Holy Ghost of God to knock you down to do it. I just don't believe that. He did lead me to join this church, and that's good, but I believe there's a commandment there to follow Him. You cannot serve God and please Him. You will live your life as a disobedient child of God if you never follow the Lord in baptism. It's the first good work you ought to do if you get saved. Hey, sure is. 
I hope I've said something today that's beneficial. Somebody, I'll turn the service over, Brother Benjamin.